0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Okay, Crystal, we have just chatted for 30 minutes. I probably should have press record. <laughs> we just
1: needed to record all that. It would have been
0: perfect. <laughs> I know, right? We would have been done at 28 minutes. So um, we're here now. Um, you know, I was just, as we were t- chatting, When you first came on, I was like, have we actually had a Zoom conversation where we have seen each other or did we just chat like on the phone? I think we just chatted on the phone or maybe my video didn't work that time that
1: I was talking to you at the water park. Remember I was on kid duty?
0: (laughs) That's right. You were at the water park and I think you were on your phone or something, or maybe it was, but you were behind your sunnies and the sun was shining and your kids were like in the background saying hi.
1: Right. Yep. That was it. (laughs) That was the last time we talked to each other, like face to face. (laughs)
0: I know. So summer has ended and here we are. And you know, it also made me think like how did we actually connect in the first place? And I think it was a it must have been a post I had written about being burned out, yeah, or something and some health stuff and you No, I know what it was. You had written a post
1: about oh, yeah, maybe causing
0: <laughs> crashing and burning. <laughs> the, well, this is a while ago and I yeah. made a comment and I was like how about pausing for six months? And then you found me in the DMs. I did. I was like, you get me. <laughs> I am. And you there. were like, tell me like, what is this you're talking? Cause we didn't know each other. Mm-mm. No, we're a perfect example
1: of a, like a organic DM conversation that has grown into Uh, A friendship that's grown into like we have such like minded ideas with business and life and stuff. So it's been really cool. But yeah, I showed up in your DMs because uh, when you said that it was kind of my green light moment, as Matthew McConaughey would say. And I thought there's somebody I need to talk to because I am. I think I knew what was coming. I wasn't there yet. It wasn't there it, yet. But, you yeah, weren't there yet. It wasn't there yet, but I could see, you know, the flames on the horizon that something was coming. Uh, and so now that was, you know, however many months ago and here we are in October. And I would say that I am, I'm in this six month spot where I think you were talking about just yeah. trying to figure it out, put it back yeah. together.
0: Yeah, because that was in March or April. Because I remember when we were chatting. First, we were just having um, chats in the DMs, and I was kind of. I think I was sending you voice messages, and mm-hmm. I was um, typing out like all the health stuff that I had experienced, yep. from the result of burnout and the thyroid stuff and the autoimmune and everything. I think I told you like all the supplements I was taking, and you were like, yes. "Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> I literally, still got the list." <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm taking different ones now, so oh, we'll have um, to update the list. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember where I was because our daughter runs track and it's in the spring and early summer. And I was sitting in the parking lot at the track chatting with you about all of this. Oh. And um, yeah. So, so we both said Steve. that
1: it was like a conversation that we are both having in DMs, but nobody's having like, publicly. Right. I think it's something that we were talking about too. Um, so yeah, uh well, that was about six-ish months ago. So I built a business um that made me a lot of money. Um, and that was great and all, but it also quickly kind of to be honest caught on fire because you can't go from, you know, a seven or eight thousand dollar month to twenty-two thousand dollars without the right systems and processes and be able to really maintain, um, without your health and your relationships and your family life and everything taking a big hit. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I kind of burned it down, um, to start over and get clear on what I really want to do and how I want to serve. Um, and honestly take care of my health, which is, you know, what we started talking about because, you know, we always hear, "Oh, take care of yourself and um, self care." Go take a stuff. bubble
0: bath. Go, yeah. Go that's get not.
1: Bath. That's <laughs> not it though. Like it's not chocolates and and you know a thirty minute bath. It's really like having the structure in place and letting yourself lean back into this rest mode. You can't just constantly be in, as I say, fight or flight. And when you're in those high pressure. You know, grow really fast environments, I do think it takes a toll on your health. Um, And then everything starts to catch on fire from there because you're not taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah. So, was there like a moment where you decided, I can't do it this way anymore? Was it a moment? Was it a thought? Was it an incident? Like, what was it for you that you were like, I'm enough is enough. I have to make different decisions from this point moving forward? Cause that, I'm not going to lie, you know, you and I have been you and I have been just super open with each other about both of our journeys. And mine was 18 months start Mm -hmm. to finish in the, I call it being in the wilderness yep, (laughs) or being in the meantime or in the, in between, it's almost like in between worlds. I call it the wilderness. And mine was that, yeah, yeah, it was 18 months from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I mean, I can't recall in this very moment, like, actually, I do know where my moment was where I just decided I'm, I'm interested to hear yours though. Um, Sure. I,
1: I was pretty close to the verge anyway. It was just like a lot of intuitive hits that I kept ignoring of like, this is wrong. Like, I don't know. It was a gut feeling of like Mm. something is wrong and you should listen. Um, But actually I'll be really honest. My husband and I, uh, our relationships started to just fall apart and we have Mm. a really great relationship where we never have had big issues um, so I knew that my focus was ha- the alignment was off because it used mm-hmm. to be you know my my relationship was super important and then other things came and and my relationship with myself and just you know all that like alone time and and certain things, all of that got pushed aside. And so um, yeah, we had a we had a fight. we had a pretty big fight actually it, w- it was more like my husband just having a little come apart about all of the things that he was seeing. Yes. And it was almost like a mirror moment. So that's Mm. how I describe it as the things that I think I knew were happening, but I didn't want to see. He was able to turn the mirror around and be like, look, it's right in front of you. This is what's happening. Everything is on fire and you're up on a pedestal thinking everything's okay. Yeah. And I was like, "Hmm, okay. So I made some very drastic decisions and
0: left, uh, the environment that I was in. And I, um, when you say that, just so everybody knows you, you're still married. You're, you didn't leave like the marriage, you didn't leave the house. That's not the environment you left.
1: No, I was, I was in a very high pressure kind of growth, um, situation. And so I left that and, um, I actually fired some clients that weren't great fits that I had taken on, um, in, in that growth, uh, time. Uh, and I kind of just started reevaluating what services did I want to provide um, for those that don't know I own a marketing agency. So we kind of went from being social media focused, uh, which was my intuitive, this is what I'm good at um, kind of having conversations and creating community online. And we moved more into this fractional CMO, uh, offer that was like much more expensive, but with that comes much more responsibility. So email marketing, social media, lead gen, um, literally every, anything to do with marketing became our agency's responsibility, um, and you just have to have the right people in the right places. And you can't build it, I don't think, while you're flying. I don't think yeah. that that's the greatest thing. So, so basically it was about in the past six months, it's been about refocusing um, and getting back to kind of what we're really good at. And that's going back to just strictly social media. So whether we do organic or paid, but that's where we're, <laughs> that, that's our zone of genius.
0: Okay so what you experienced is not just unique to you. This is this is happening, it's been happening. You have peers, colleagues, friends, clients, all the above, strangers that you just see on social media. <laughs> yep. Me too, where yeah. like I went through that, but you know, you and I both have said this too. This is really more last year. I think it's, it started to come out more publicly this year, but definitely last year where so many people were going through this, but nobody knew anybody else was. Right. And then we were having like these private zoom conversations, just one-on-one. And you were finding out like, holy shit, so you're going through this too.
1: I'm not the only that. one.
0: Yeah. yeah, I remember the one, the, a friend of mine I had that conversation with, and she said, it literally was like, we were living parallel lives. And I remember in that moment, like i it was like, so relieving. And I just like relaxed, and I leaned into Zoom, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "I've literally been going through this by myself for like nine months." Yep. When like you are, and everybody else's, and I could have just like phoned a friend to at least not be alone. <laughs> right, that community but we're all longing for. The here's my. <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so here's my question that I'm just kind of like asking to both of us out loud. Yeah. I don't know that we necessarily need to fix or like try to identify, like, why is this happening? But to a degree, it's like, you know, we're all, I, I firmly believe in coaching and consulting mm-hmm. and yep. having a strategist I firmly believe in that. Me too. Yet it looks like almost everybody is having a very similar experience where they are joining a, it doesn't matter what program it is or who it, whose program, but it's like joining a program. Mm-hmm. Being told to go in a certain direction, build your business in a certain way, work with a certain kind of client, charge this amount of money. So it's a lot of like telling somebody what to do or fixing yeah. the problems and it's very go do it this way. It's very, it tempting. is. <laughs> and then you do it. And on a surface level, it's very, uh, on paper, it's very successful. Right. But it's not sustainable. Why is it a- so it's not, why do you think that so many business owners are me and you included me and you yeah. included, are getting caught up in that though, in the first place? Like, why is that happening?
1: I honestly think it all boils down to not trusting our own instincts anymore. Like we are all so inundated with all this media and content and and things and how to do it better and how to you know go faster and and things like that and i think we've all just disconnected from our own intuition in many ways and um you have to build a business like you said you know there's lots of templates and i found great success i'm not saying that i didn't i would say the program worked But what happened on the other side is what no one wants to talk about. And is when you build in a business that's not in alignment with who you are and how your life works and your structures and your, you know, unique gifts and genius. I think that you end up crashing and burning um, and or you you plateau because Mm -hmm. it's out of alignment. So you're you start to resent the work you're doing or you start to not want to do certain things that helped you get to that level of success. So yeah, I I really think it, it boils down to not trusting ourselves. I mean, it, it even happens in motherhood. I remember whenever my first one was born, I listened to everyone else. And by the time the fourth one was born, I said, screw everybody else. (laughs) And so I had a much better relationship with my youngest because I did it my way.
0: Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. So I plateaued mine, you know, I plateaued in my business and I was plateaued for six years. I was at the same place for six years. It was a great place. Right. It was an awesome place. It was in like the top 5% place, but it was the same every single year. And then kind of did like, I don't know that I would say I fully crashed and burned, but what I've really come to believe is true is that the burnout and the crashing and burning you, you said the word, I think you used the word alignment and, and even authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's the workload that burns us out. I think Mm -hmm. it's that just ever so slightly off of what is truly innately inside of us, authentic and aligned. Yep. And I think you're right in that we've gotten so accustomed to not trusting our inner selves, but trusting someone who's in a seat of authority.
1: Yep, we've all kind of got white coat syndrome. You know, like when you go to the doctor, Back in the day, people never really questioned. They just, whatever their doctor said, um, because it's that authority. It's like, you know better than I. And so I almost feel like in this industry, that's also what we've done. Instead of it being like a true collaboration of let me take what works for me and and leave the rest, you know, And, and that's kind of my philosophy. Whenever I teach marketing now is like, listen to me and take what you, you know, what fits And leave the rest because there is no secret sauce or recipe, I don't think, and what I've learned to success other than getting really, really comfortable with yourself and knowing what works for you. Because if it sucks the life out of you, like you said, even just ever so slightly Mm
0: -hmm. over
1: time, that ever so slightly becomes like an energy leak and you become Mm -hmm. exhausted because you're doing something that's not meant for you.
0: Yeah, I have been writing some posts about this topic recently. I did one recently and I, we went to a pumpkin patch, I think like last week, last weekend. So a week and a half ago. And there were like these huge, like, I don't know how tall they are, 12 or 15 feet, like skeletons with like a jack o' lantern (laughs) head. And so I used that as my picture and I was like, the great debate in the coaching and expert industry. And what I mean by that is, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. We kind of have like two sides going on here. So we have like the client side where the clients are, there's a whole lot of blame going on in the industry where people are selling programs and I'm not getting what was delivered and I'm not getting results. And I went through five programs and I didn't get results. And so we have the consumer side that's doing a whole lot of blaming of the service. Yeah. All of that. (laughs) And they are very, very vocal about it now. Like Mm -hmm. it's all over social media very vocal. We've have even seen in the past, like people's actual names being called out publicly, but then we have the other side and we have the service provider side and we've got the service provider saying, well, it's the client's 100% your responsibility. You have to take hundred percent ownership. You're the one who made an adult decision to join the program. And then we have like these two sides where like nobody's actually coming together to try to figure out what can we do differently? How can we improve this? How can we change this? I'm very curious because you've experienced probably both sides of that to a degree, Yep. you've been on both sides. I have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your take on that? I,
1: I don't know. I mean, I have so many mixed feelings about this, and I just think it's not. It's it's not the service provider, and it's not 100 percent the client. I think that a lot of times expectations are so high for super high ticket stuff, um, and the promises are very high, and I do think that if people would just come to realize that every human being is different and if maybe there's some conversations being had, um, it wouldn't be two separate camps because that's what's happening. I almost feel like no one's talking to each other. They're just like, well, you didn't deliver, so I'm mad at you. And then this, you know, the coach or the consultant is, you didn't do what you're supposed to do, so it's on you. But really, if they would just talk to each other and say, where do you think you're having the hang up on my program? maybe we could fix this or maybe it's kind of going back to being a teacher of like everybody's learning styles different and maybe your template approach has great facts and great you know info but maybe it just needs a little tweaking for this this one person
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i think that there's such a rush to scale coaching programs and to do as little as possible in many of them you know as little face to face time and and stuff that that's where it's missing. You're missing that that just people talking to people and figuring it out sort of thing. I know I've been in programs where you' don't, you have a few minutes to say what the issue is and then you got to move on or whatever. And yeah. I just think if you had a, like a real conversation and were able to get it out there, you could probably have people and and maybe they wouldn't get the results. But I think what's happening is people feel like they're not heard. I mean it's like the same thing yeah. in friendships and relationships. People want to be seen and they want to be heard. And if you can't figure out how to make that happen, I think people get disgruntled and they shut down and then they lash out and then, you know, they start talking bad about a service provider when really, I think if there had just been a conversation, the outcome may not have changed. Maybe they didn't hit, hit whatever that golden promise was, but if they felt like they were seen and heard, they probably just walk away and be like, yeah, it was on me. I need to do this more or that, but I think that's, what's missing is just those conversations.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I have been in a program uh, recently and they are so good about collecting feedback from their client base. And they do it pretty regularly. I mean, we get like a survey. I always fill it out. Yes. And because of my background, like I also look at programs that I'm in from a very different perspective, just from like a client retention perspective and mm-hmm. my consulting hat on. And yep. I see it from like my own client needs and wants two in the program. And so I'm someone who always gives very detailed feedback. And I even give like a lot of suggestions on like, here's what's going on. And here's exactly how you could make this better. And this particular program that I'm talking about, they have really listened. And, and I'm sharing this out loud because I'm not saying I'm necessarily going to renew immediately. My renewal is up not too long, long from now, but they are, they're doing what you're saying number one, they're creating the open line of communication. Mm-hmm. Number two, they're listening because some of the things I've said, not all, but they have yeah. actually literally physically made the change that, that me and not just me, but some other people, cause we, we didn't know it, but we were all kind of suggesting a couple of similar things Yeah, and they actually did it. They wove it into the program and it's been a much better experience. Now, as a client, I'm like, well, for me, I think it's like, it could be, I don't know the answer to this yet. It could be a little too late, mm-hmm. but I'm not mad. I'm right. not angry. I'm not yes. frustrated. Like I was, Um, mm-hmm. I'm appreciative. I feel more comfortable sending a referral. Yeah. I feel more comfortable, you know, coming back at a later time. Like, let's say I don't immediately renew when my mm-hmm. renewal is up. However, They've left a good taste in my mouth now. So I would not be apprehensive about returning when I feel like it's a better fit in the future. And I also think that's what service providers aren't thinking about enough. Everybody's so quick to think like, you got to renew right now, but they're forgetting what you just said, which is you've got to have open lines of communication. You really have to have this core, one of your core values really needs to be human connection. Yeah. Because those people could become your client again, down the road or they refer somebody or you refer know, somebody. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, I really think that's, what's missed too. Uh, is this, it's kind of like this clamoring for more people, right? Like we're constantly filling programs and stuff. And in my head, I'm just like, cause you, you do this too with client retention is you treat people right. Even if it's not the right time for them to re-up or something, they'll either refer you somebody or they will come back. I mean, I've built my business. I I started my agency right before we shut down for COVID. And I built it by serving people and helping during a hard time because I knew that those people, when they felt you know financially secure or they saw that their businesses weren't going to go out, they would come back to me and it has paid off tenfold. I mean, I did no advertising. I did nothing and I built a business that, you know, crossed six figures early on and I feel like that's what's missed in marketing in general. It's just all this lead and get more leads and get more leads. How about you know, treat people like they want to be treated and maybe they don't do business with you that day but they probably will down the road depending on how you treat them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if everybody's just like I feel like a video game where we all walk around there's like numbers above our head, you know, and there's just people like pointing at us to pick us up as leads. And Mm -hmm. that's not how people want to be treated.
0: No, not at all. You really have to have a long game perspective too. Mm -hmm. And not just trying to get yours now.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing is there's this big push of just, you know, revenue and, and grow, grow, grow. And that's great. But again, longevity of a, of a business. And we talked about this, I think before the recording, you know, are you building a liability or an asset? Because sometimes you can build a business that turns out to just be a liability um, Mm -hmm. because it needs to have, you know, systems and structure and, and it needs to be able to grow without you in some ways, or at least maintain, because what if you get sick, like you and I have some health, we, you know, we battled some health issues. If I didn't get up every day and still do a little something, I probably wouldn't have any income. So I have to, you know, maintain. And so my goal moving forward is to set up a business that could r- run at least a couple of months without me if, in case yeah. something happened. Because too, what if something happened and this is, you know, I'm, I'm the breadwinner for my family, so they need my income. So yeah. uh, I want to build an asset so that it, it, we don't just crash and burn if something, God forbid, happened to me.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, I want to go back to something that you were talking about a few minutes ago around your husband, Mm -hmm. because I'm married too, Yeah, right? Like you've got four kids. I got one kid. I don't know what it's like to have four. I don't know how you do it, Uh, but I'm married too. And I think you and I probably have extremely, I mean, as far as I can tell, we have very similar values and belief systems about marriage and motherhood and family life and how we do life together and Mm -hmm. like creating this family unit and creating a very strong one. Now I've been in this industry for 10 years. And one of the things that I have heard pretty loudly in the industry is about, you know, and I'm not against, I'm not saying I'm against like women being powerful and all of that. Yeah. But there's so much conversation. I've heard it inside of programs where the woman will say, well, I'm doing, or the wife will say like, I'm, I've done all this growth and I'm like going after my dreams and I'm in all this personal development. He's just not. He's just not, he's behind. He's not catching up. And I can't tell you, Crystal, how many marriages I have seen end because they're actually told to end them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what women are experiencing, which I've experienced in my marriage, you have experienced it in yours. And I, you know, you looked at it more as like a wake up call than Mm -hmm. my husband, just not catching up in the personal development category. (laughs) So I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm just really curious, like you've approached this in a in a different way than I see, not all, but uh, quite a few people yeah. in the industry where they're just like, they'll, it just ends the marriage. Mm-hmm. So how did I'm you gonna, approach it? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had some people in my
1: ear saying that. Um, and the truth is, I just think that you shouldn't just let random people one kind of tell you what you should do about your marriage. And if you wanna be a good example of, you know, maybe you are like ahead of the game on personal development. Um, There's a way to lead your husband in a way that like makes him feel like he's a partner and like he can participate too. So my husband and I, um, we own a a cattle farm together. We farm together. We have a horse rescue together. We hike together. We're together every day. Um, So before I even started my business, that was important to me. Um, I came out of a, a crappy marriage for years. And so this marriage is very important to me. It's sacred. It's it's different. Uh, you know, it it's where I put a lot of my my time and energy. And um I just think it's sad, honestly, because my husband and I have talked about this because he saw the changes in me and my attitude. And I think that because women are being told this, and while it's well-intentioned of like you can be powerful, um, I'm very powerful in my marriage and and as a woman and I make more money than he does actually cattle farming. So if you want to look at us in that sense, um, there's a power, power dynamic, I guess you could say, but you can be respectful and you can do it in a way that you're a team versus me versus you. And I think that's what happens in a lot of these things. Um, And to be honest, they don't have to do all the personal development work. If I'm being completely honest, I think that women have to do so much personal development work because we've put ourselves in these roles of nurturing and, you know, a martyr and all these things. And we're learning how to be more powerful and step out. Um, But men, I don't think have ever really had to face that because it's a man's world, if we're being honest. So I don't expect my husband to sit around and read self-help books all day. I just, that's not what he's going to do because he's very confident in who he is. And I think more of this is a confidence issue for women. And, um, I think there's a way to be confident and respectful without being overpowering and bitchy.
0: (laughs) Well, yes. And I'll add to men have emotional needs, just like women. Yep. And, I mean, I experienced that with Sean as well, where, you know, we didn't have any type of like knockdown, drag out, like crazy experience happen. But I became self aware enough to realize that I was not meeting my husband's emotional needs whatsoever because I was yeah. sitting right here in this seat and mm-hmm. my only conversations were about business. Even in like the bedroom, I would talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And I was Same so- here. <laughs> I had a bulletin board,
1: actually, this white board that's up here to my right, that's in my office now, was beside our bed, and it had income goals, clients, I mean, it was like he could not get away from it, absolutely, you know, our focus, I would say you and I probably just, we just turned the other way, and they can feel that, the energy is not there, and it's not about making them dinner, or what serving in the sense of like, you're, I hate that, that, you know, it's submissive thing. Cause that's not it. It's just, they're human beings and they have needs.
0: Well, it's and, thinking about them. Yeah. Like my husband, they sound very similar. Like Sean will think about me when he's like off at, the, this is so simple, like at the grocery store, mm-hmm. but he'll like pick up something that I didn't ask for, but he knows I'll love it. Yep. Or, you know, it's like, that's just one example, but mm-hmm. I never did that for Sean. Mm-hmm ever. Or so like now something that I do, um, we do not, we used to work out together at the gym and now mm-hmm. I go to a different gym and I go earlier in the, I go at five 30 in the morning. Yep. He's still in bed and Brighton's still in bed when I get back. Yep. And, uh, then he goes to the, he takes Brighton to school. He goes to the gym mm-hmm. and then he comes home around nine 15 and mm-hmm. he eats the same thing every morning for breakfast. And it's a Creatures big bowl of, of fruit. Habit. Yep. <laughs> and so it's like, why don't I be someone who thinks and cares about my husband and like make a bowl of fruit. But to your point, it's not about being submissive. It's not about, oh. he's saying like, get my fruit for me. woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, the, it's like this sign of like, I was, I was thinking about you when you were not here and mm-hmm. I thought about doing something that I know you would appreciate. And it, To me, it's become more of a, this is my way of showing you a sign that I appreciate you. I appreciate your strength. I appreciate your confidence. I appreciate you literally holding the house together Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of men actually do that. I think a lot of men do that well. Mm -hmm. And I'm the breadwinner too. Yep. It's all, it's just a sign of appreciation. And I think that for so long. You know, there is a whole, not to like totally change the topic of this yeah. podcast, but there is this whole like women just bashing men. And I'm like, yeah. what if we actually appreciated the what men that they bring had? to
1: the table? I mean, I, yes, I agree. Like some people, um. Because I I have you know short hair, I have kind of a mohawk. Anyway, um, a lot of people you know think I'm pretty masculine, I guess, in some ways. And then you look at my husband, and he's this straight up like Viking dude. I mean, he has like a super (laughs) long beard and long hair, and and it's just funny because people don't expect that dynamic with us. But he is totally the glue that holds everything together. I mean he, he works hard. He maintains all the animals, like all the things that I wanted and, and don't really have time for like our horses and everything. He makes sure all that runs well. Um, and you know, anything that needs to happen around here, he's happy to do it. And like you said, it's about appreciating them for who they are and what they do. Um, and I do, I hate the conversation that everybody's just mad at you know, all men and all men suck and that they can't match our growth. And I think that what about the conversation of what you can build together and how Mm -hmm. amazing it can be. And, and, you know, these as women, we can make money. We're living in a world where we can make money from our homes for our families, you know, and make, we can end up being the breadwinners for our families. Well, how can we do that with our partner and and make it a great life? Because now you're, you're not having to only see your husband at, 8 p.m. After he's worked all day, mm-hmm. you know, you're both able to like experience life and freedom together. Wouldn't the conversation just be totally different? And I feel like there could be some really happy marriages if that was more more the focus instead oh, of yeah. oh he's yes. stopping me from growth or whatever. And maybe yeah. there, I'm sure there are some. I was in a bad marriage, so I'm not gonna say there isn't, but I think that there's ways to have healthy relationships. And it, it's just kind of sad that in a coaching and consulting industry that anybody's talking about marriage. I don't think anybody's probably qualified to talk about someone's marriage.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I love? I love day dates. Yeah. Just like two out. We did it yesterday. So Brighton's 12. So now it's like we're she's at the age where it's like the first time where she can either stay at home by herself or she's got some friends right yeah. across the street and she'll just run across. And she was there all day yesterday. And it's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like we could just like get in the car and like, we just went for a walk by the water. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, what do we want to do? And I'm like, I don't know, just drive somewhere. And so then we like drove up to another little town and then Sean's like, I want to beat salad. And so then we went and got salads and it's like, right. and I, we got in the car and I was like, I love this so much. I love just a little two, three hour day date where you just get in the car, you have no agenda, no plan. And it's like, what do you want to do? Like, let's just go do it and have fun. And you're just reconnecting, but they men are so simple. They really are so simple. And it's very simple. Think about them once a day and get and show appreciation. Right. Yeah. Just, yes. My That was what made our marriage
1: so hard is that we used to spend so much time together cuz I would work in the morning and spend the afternoon at the farm with him so I would bring him lunch we would hang out we'd work together we'd feed the horses you know tend to the calves whatever we needed to do but all of that was a lot of time spent with him during the day without any distractions and then it became I never had time for that and then I was on my phone all evening and so it was just like this wall just you yeah. know a river Created between mm-hmm. us. And I was oblivious to it in many ways because it was just I was too. You know, like, well, you got to focus on your business and that's got to be your main focus. And if you're yeah. gonna break this revenue, then you gotta da, 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 and um everything else is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even know. You're like, I equate it to building a house as it's on fire. So like mm-hmm. you're adding on to the house, but it's on fire. So you're never
0: addressing the fire. You're just adding rooms. Yeah. And then it burns down too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So now that you have all this and you found awareness. Yes. How do you do things differently now moving forward? Well, I'm in that
1: stretch where you said it lasted 18 months for you. I'm six months in um, right now. I'm dealing with the frustration and anger uh, internal. Of how did I let this happen? Why did I let it happen? Why didn't I listen to my intuition? So I'm a little bit all up in my head right now, um, but what has happened is, like I said, I pivoted back to my original ideas of what I'm good at. Um, I also launched my own podcast, uh, and I do that with Amy Hartman, and we're. How both did 80s. that come about?
0: How did the podcast and the partner come
1: about? We are both in the same container together <laughs> that was burning down. And we had a moment. Uh, I spoke at Social Media Week Lima back in June, and I met some really great people there that are very much like he, you and I um, about this client retention experience community over you know income sort of thing. And I got to thinking. I was like, well, my my internal clock, I guess, or not clock. My internal you know compass is right, and I need to listen to these people. And I called my friend Amy. It was a six hour drive and we just talked and talked. And I said, we should just make a podcast called "Past the bullshit so that we can expose everything and maybe save people a lot of time and heartache. And it literally just came off that. And we've been going like 14 weeks strong now. So we record every week, uh, something that's popped up that we've experienced, or we see in the online space that just seems like total BS, that it doesn't have to be that way. And we talk about it and share our views and, ideas for making it better, sort of like we just did about, you know, marriages and sticking (laughs) it out
0: instead of getting
1: divorces. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I have that. um, we have the agency. There's been a lot of internal work. I know. I think that one of the big things that business owners do is they, they find, consultants, coaches and things, and we both do this for a living. So I'm not knocking that, but I think a lot of it too, is mindset and emotional processing and central nervous system regulation and things mm-hmm. that aren't as glamorous to talk about, um, that really help businesses recover from these types of situations and, and build back, you know, in a way that is sustainable.
0: Yeah. So, well, you make your, so this is kind of a two-part question. So now yeah. that you know what you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. My Here's my two-part question. Number one, how do you, Crystal, make decisions differently now moving forward in terms of investing? And whether it's programs that you're joining or what you're investing in, again, whether that's a coach or... -hmm. A team member or a done for you service. So that's like part one. And Mm -hmm. then if you were going to give anybody some advice, who I don't care where they are in their journey, Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're in a similar state as to what we're talking about. And they're somewhere in that phase of kind of being in the wilderness and something just feeling a little bit off. But we all know we're all consumers. Like none of us are going (laughs) to stop buying. No, we're all going to (laughs) buy. It's never going to stop. We're going to do it. Like what advice would you give to people about how to be? discerning mm-hmm. when they're making their investment decisions again, yeah. whether it's, do I invest in a team member or do I invest in a coaching program? Do I invest in a course? Do I get a one-on-one coach? Do I invest in a done for you? Like, right. So hindsight 2020, how are you going to make decisions differently? And then what advice do you have to give others?
1: So I'm taking some time off from investing right now, doing a lot of internal work. Um, I do, uh, have a mindset coach, um, that I work with. And I think that that's kind of been helpful for me because it's not so much a strategy or a template. It's more about a mirrored approach of like, how do you feel? What does that feel like in your body? You know, processing a lot of these emotions and learning to let go. Um, so for me, it's, it's definitely a slowdown of not getting caught up in the comparison game of social media and thinking that there is some silver bullet solution, because the funniest part is. That's what I teach people. And that's what I speak on is that there is no, you know, template to success and and all of these things. Yet I find myself or I did find myself kind of comparing and thinking, oh, well, maybe that one thing that they have is going to just, you know, unlock everything for me. And then I get in and, you know, so many of these programs are basically the same thing. <laughs> um and it's just someone's new spin. And so realizing that you have your own spin and looking back inward um is is definitely something and I think discernment I wish People talked about it more. Uh, you don't have to make a decision that day, even though you get caught up in it or whatever. I think really, you know, that it's like my grandmother's advice. You know, sleep on it, think about it, really let it. How does it feel in your body? And I think turning back in to reactivating your intuition, because I've got to be honest. Anytime you know, starting my business, even starting it before COVID kind of doing things the way I've done, I've always kind of let my intuition guide me and it's paid off. And whenever things have kind of gone awry for me is whenever I get in my head and I start thinking logically, and will this make sense? And and it's almost a very masculine form of thinking. And I think women get really disconnected from their kind of divine, I don't want to sound too wooey here, but like your divine feminine intuition, God, whatever you want to call it. There is some sort of higher, higher power, I believe, that helps guide our systems and processes within ourselves. And it's listening. It's just getting quiet and listening again, because whew, social media is noisy and you, you get so disconnected that you can't yeah. hear yourself think anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, and look, we're all human. And I think we're going to make decisions that do not pan out yeah. or that lead us in a direction that, you know you have gone in and you're experiencing and kind of in the middle of it right now. And I also wonder if sometimes like we need to make those types of decisions because they actually could be teaching us our greatest lessons. And I think that that's huge too. Yeah, is
1: you know, I've noticed that this lesson that I've learned again is actually one I've kind of continually learned. Um, But even being able to make a decision um, and stick to it and change the course, it didn't take me as many years. Let's just say if you mirror it to my marriage of like, I knew that was bad, like a year in, but I stuck it out and kept staying. Yeah. And, you know, everything in my body was like, this isn't ever going to work. And why, but you just logically like convince yourself that you can change it or stay there. And yeah. so that was, you know, a 12 year mistake. And this was, I, I, I uh, fixed it faster. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) learning lessons. I mean, no matter what you do, there's a lesson to be learned, I think on the other side. So give yourself some grace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've got the past the BS podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody go check that out. It's in the show notes. There's there's a link in there to that. Um, What's next? What's next for you?
1: You know, uh, well, we lo- we did launch a podcasting agency uh, out of the need of doing our own editing. So we offer that. Um, so True Digital um, is kind of new and nobody knows about it, but now I guess it's out there uh, since I said it. So that is a spinoff from uh, Past the BS. Uh, it's a podcast agency. Where I go from here, you know, we talked about this off the, off the recording, but really just trying to figure out how to share my message too of just you know really trying to get people back to their intuition and their magnetism and their authenticity and finding alignment and those kind of feel like buzzwords right now so mm-hmm. i'm a little nervous about using them but i do think that it's kind of the conversation is changing within consulting and coaching world and it's just trying to really get people to discern for themselves what is good for themselves. And my message is always that, you know, live your truth, be your truth and attract the right people. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we're at a point in our industry. I mean, really across the board, probably in all industries where there's so much opportunity right now because the old is dying away. You know, we talk so much about ourselves personally and like the internal and the way we used to think and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, All of that, the way we used to do things like all of that is dying off. Mm -hmm. And I also see a lot of the old ways that the coaching and expert and consulting industries has operated. It's no longer working from the way things are structured to the messaging, to the whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all dying away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before we started seeing it all die away, we were all saying, everybody's copying everybody. Everything's the same. And and there still is a lot of that. But I think that was like the first wave of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like everything has to die away. And I really do think the old way of doing business is, which is also the absolute greatest opportunity if you're willing to do, I believe, what you're experiencing right now, what I experienced for 18 months, because what was birthed from that was Recognizing where are the gaps, where are the holes, what that I could fill uniquely and in uh, in in a way that's aligned, and I can fill it authentically, which is probably what I always should have done to begin with. But maybe the opportunity wasn't there. I don't know. Right? Maybe the consciousness, like awesome. raised mm-hmm. collective, collective consciousness, did. But in times like this, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it can feel like I don't know what the f to do next. What's going to yeah. work? It's all going to come tumbling down. But then you just sort of finally get to this point where, I mean, at least for me, when I got past like the six month part, I think it was like maybe eight or nine months in for me, I was just like, screw it. I'm not going to follow any type of branding or marketing advice. And I'm just going to go like, I will change, edit my bio every single day until I feel like I have it like. I'm actually saying what I really am. I'm going to like sister. Write yes. different things just, but I was just like, I'm just going to go practice, but I'm going to practice out here mm-hmm. and put it out and see how it feels with yes. me, not see, did I make a bunch of money from it first? Mm-hmm. But like, how did it feel to me? And did it feel like I was spot on? And then every day I would get, it was like, I'm an inch a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and a little bit closer to exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then it just very much is based on a feeling.
1: It is. It really is. It, it is. Thank you. That that's kind of like the, where we needed to go from the beginning. I think it's just this, this is the conversation is how does it feel like yeah. when you write it? How does it feel? Not how many likes did it get? Not how many, anything, but how did it feel to you? Do you feel like you're one step closer to nailing it kind of like that feeling of, yes, this is what I, I'm meant to speak on or talk about or shed light on. And I absolutely agree. I think the old ways dying. I think it's something that a lot of people aren't saying. Um, but in the conversations in the halls, you know, it's, it's dying. People aren't filling their programs like they used to people aren't getting re-upped and rehired. And, you know, some of the super high ticket stuff, I don't think is flying off the shelves like it used to. And I think it's just because the, you know, the jigs up people are asking questions and they're starting to, to be a little more concerned about how does this fit for me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's just new ways, new ways of doing things and new ways of operating and being are there. It's here and you're either going to get on the train or you're not. And there may be a period of time where it feels really crunchy (laughs) because we're, we're used to doing it the old way. You know, we're used to being the old version of ourselves too. So. Yeah. It's,
1: it's definitely been a journey that, I mean, I probably would say I wish I hadn't had, but what I do know based on all this internal work is actually I'm thankful for it because I know that what's going to come out of it is a way to lead others uh, around it. You know, I don't want, I want to save people. And I know you do too from kind of having to go through this or at least be in the thick of it or in the wilderness as long, you know, it's kind of like I want to be the lighthouse that helps more people, not end up shipwrecked. And cause yeah. what really bothers me is how many people quit probably when something like this happens. Cause they yeah. think they did something wrong or they think that they're a failure. And mm-hmm. the truth is, it's just some things are out of alignment and you just got a course correct.
0: So. Yeah. Well, you're going to be a, a better navigator of that for people. <laughs> I hope so. Definitely that way. Awesome. Crystal. Thank you so much. What a candid conversation. Thank you, Megan. It was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last Show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.